Okay, we'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for December 21st, 2008. And today we're going to be taking a detour from the Antichrist study, and uh, we're going to be talking about the subject of the, the uh, digital TV that's coming very soon. Also the subject of HARP and what they call, they're called Gwen Towers. Uh, the subject of how these things can be used in regard to um, mind control, or at very least influencing thought patterns in a very significant way. I'm going to be going through several, several different sources today that are pretty much confirming and saying the same thing, which is what we try to do on a weekly basis anyway. But this first article is entitled Digital TV, Mind Control by the Sound of Silence. It's by a man named A. True Ott. That's a that's a crazy name, A. True Ott. He's a Ph.D. and an N.D. And this is from just December 15th of this year, 2008. So this was just written. Uh, <clears throat> and the first, it starts out with an editor's note. This is an extremely timely and important essay. It overviews a secret Pentagon psychotronics technology known as Silent Sound Spread Spectrum, or SSSS that has been fully operational since the 1990s. I first found out about the use of the technology from a man named Al Bielek in the 1992 video he made with Vladimir Terzisky. Now this was 1992, and he's got in this particular article I'm reading, he's got an actual link to this video, and I guess you can watch it. I'll try to make this available on you know PDF format. If nothing else, the links to, so that you can go to them. Because this isn't a subject right now that I'm talking about where we've had a lot. And I've been waiting because I believed from the first time I heard about this whole digital conversion, I just truly believe the Lord convicted me that this was evil. That there was another hidden agenda behind it. And we're going to be looking at that agenda today. But there's not a lot written about this at this point. Now there's probably going to be at some point, um, an avalanche of information coming out on this. Just like right after 9-11, there wasn't a lot of stuff available. But then when people started analyzing the footage and, and then analyzing all the events surrounding 9-11, there was a lot of different um, things came out regarding that. So this, I believe this is going to be a similar thing. But I really wanted to, to sound the alarm on this because this is going to be happening pretty soon, I believe in February. So this technology... This SSS, this silent sound spread spectrum, was used against the battle-hardened Iraq, Iraqi troops fortified in deep underground bunkers in Kuwait, in Iraq, in the first Gulf War in January of 1991. The physical, emotional, and psychological effects of this technology were so severe that hundreds of thousands of Iraqi troops surrendered in mass without even firing a single shot against the U.S.-led coalition forces. The numbers reported in the news were staggering. 75,000 and then another 125,000 or more Iraqi troops would come out of their deep desert bunkers, waving white flags and falling to their knees before the approaching U.S. troops and literally kiss their captors' boots or hands if given the opportunity. <clears throat> Why would eight-year veterans in the Middle Eastern warfare uh, because they were involved with Iran from 1980 to 1988. Why would they behave this way? Simple. They were subjected to a technology that was so extreme and incomprehensible that they were suddenly reduced to the level of compliant children and felt grateful to still be alive in the wake of their mind-wrenching experience. This technology is about to be used, I'll bet in a more subtle fashion, against the American citizens in a highly classified and covert operation of mind control to manipulate the entire population into compliance with the New World Order overlords. The technology will utilize a combination of HARP transmitters, GWEN Tower. Now, HARP is, is an acronym, and we'll get into these later. HARP is an acronym, GWEN is an acronym. But GWEN Towers, microwave cell phone towers, and soon to be mandatory high digital, high definition digital TV that will enter your home via cable, satellite, uh, HDTVs, or those oh-so-easy-to-obtain digital converter boxes that they keep advertising on the TV incessantly. That the government is so anxious to help you obtain and underwrite most of them on, on um, most of the cost on your behalf. 
But why is the government so anxious to help American citizens experience a clearer and more highly defined television picture? Does that make sense? Particularly, now this is my comment, particularly in light of the economy in America imploding, okay, we, we're, we're basically, you know, uh, by a lot of statistics in, you know, 19, the, the, the Great Depression of the 1930s, we're basically just about there economically. It may not have manifested, you know, in, in other areas to that point yet, but we're heading there, most likely. And yet the government is so concerned about that we have a nice, crisp, clear, digital TV experience. It never made sense to me from the beginning when I heard about this. It never set right with me, ever. And reading this, it really, I, I understand now why. And, and you're gonna, we're gonna get some different perspectives on this today. Uh, not just from one person, but from several. So since when is the government so concerned about the visual quality of our televised entertainment? that Congress would pass an undebated statutory proclamation which mandated that the HD conversion take place by February 17, 2009, and then subsidize about 90% of the associated cost. Why would, why would Congress do that? I, that doesn't make any sense. They mandated this conversion take place in an undebated statutory proclamation? They, they said it's got to take place by February 17, 2009. And then they subsidized 90% of it? I'm only guessing, but if there were are 200 million regular televisions in America to be converted into HD, then that $40 government subsidy per TV times 2 million equals $8 billion. Why is the government so anxious to spend $8 billion on her citizens to improve the clarity of a TV picture, particularly when the economy is imploding? Or is this recently touted additional bandwidth cover story that is supposedly to be gained with the HD technology the only genuine reason for spending so much taxpayer dollars on the HD conversion? I mean, is that the only... Well, we just need additional bandwidth... The second service that this author performs, now this is this author talking here, is to out, or expose, two or more deceptive CIA Pentagon assets masquerading under the rubric of national health advocates. I, I, that rubric, what a, what a word rubric is. Taylor, you need to use that word more often in your vocabulary. You really do. Anyway, sorry. There was a Rubik's Cube at one time, I remember, but this is different. This is the rubric. Anyway, their names are Rima Labo and her trusted former Major General, Albert Stubblebein. If your email inbox has been filling with warnings and articles in recent months about the coming Codex regulations and the wonderful job Rima and her retired Army husband have been doing to try to stem the tide, then you know what I'm talking about. Now, bear with me because they, they get to the point of why they're talking about these two people in particular particular in regard to this uh, silent sound spectrum technology. There's a reason for it that's not really apparent right now. Then he says, folks, it's time to wake up, or should we just resume our slumber and wait for them to take us away in those spiffy Gunderson cattle cars that Phil Schneider warned us about in 1995? You know, the ones with the built-in shackles and the manacles? Well, I also heard they have guillotines in them as well. And if you don't know what that I'm talking about there, that I've done teachings on the concentration camps that have already been built in America. It's like over six or eight hundred, and they're 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 just empty internment camps that are just sitting there with a skeleton crew guarding them, uh, almost like they're just waiting to receive a massive influx of people. And um, there's gas chambers and, and and all types of furnaces built into these things. And uh, these are, it's going to be the American Holocaust uh, that's going to be most likely coming. And I've done whole teachings on this, okay? Now, again, as a born-again Christian, this isn't something you need to go about wringing your hands about all the day long. Um, because the Bible, you know, doesn't give us any warrant to do that. The Bible does say, a prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. 
So I think that if you see evil coming, and obviously there's a lot of evil that's coming, this is just one aspect of the evil I'm talking about today, it would behoove you for the sake of your family as well to, you know, take preparations. Um, not to say God cannot hide you in the day of evil, or that he can't cover you with, under the shelter of his wings, but I'm just saying if you've done no preparatory prayer, no preparatory preparations, if you've acted as though none of this was ever going to happen, um, it's just not a good situation you want to put yourself in. <coughs> that first article, that was the end of the first article. That was from a guy named Ken Adashi. And the second one, which is kind of segueing into this article, is called The Sound of Silence, The Antithesis of Freedom. It starts out by saying, The year was 1961, and John Kennedy was soon to become the 35th president. Shortly before Kennedy's inauguration, President Dwight D. Eisenhower shocked the nation and the world with a televised farewell speech. The speech content was so shocking because General Eisenhower was a very popular war hero. American military might was second to none. Eisenhower, a highly decorated five-star general, was the supreme commander of all the Allied forces during World War II. It was Eisenhower's leadership during Normandy invasion that ultimately freed Europe from the Nazi scourge. Well, you know, I, I have a very hard time giving man credit for something like that, but... That's his take on it. Uh, incredibly, in his farewell address, this, this um, he calls him a great American hero, did not warn the nation of the budding communist threat or horrors of the nuclear pro proliferation. Instead, his career military genius poignantly and soberly declared to this great nation, quote, <clears throat> this is what he said in his farewell speech, Eisenhower, we have been compelled to create a permanent armaments industry of vast proportions. Added to this, Three and a half million men and women are directly engaged in the defense establishment. We spend, we annually spend on military security more than the net income of all the United States corporations. <coughs> That's a lot of money. This conjunction... Okay, so this conjunction of an immense military establishment and a large arms industry is the new is new in the American experience. This total influence, economic, political, even spiritual, is felt in every city, every state house, every office of the federal government. We recognize the imperative need for this development. Yet, we must not fail to recognize its grave implications. Now, he's even saying there, it's, there's grave implications to this type of military buildup. Our toil, resources, livelihood are all involved, so it is the very structure of our society in the councils of government we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence whether sought or unsought by the military industrial complex the potential for this disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist we must never let <clears throat> the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or our de democratic processes so here we have a career military officer and sitting U.S. President warning the nation in its final farewell speech that something called unwarded influence by the military-industrial complex poses an extremely dangerous threat to our society. According to Eisenhower, this threat still exists and will persist. Uh, so to President Eisenhower, this evil was a much greater threat to America than Castro's Cuba or Khrushchev's Soviet Union. What exactly could have happened in the military-industrialist establishment that would have caused Eisenhower to issue such a strong, wordy warning. Improved machine gun production? No. Battleship production? No. Nuclear submarines? No. Proliferation of nuclear warheads? Which is a, a concern, of course, but a concern that most Americans were fully aware of. Now, obviously, what caused Eisenhower such deep concern had to be something much more pervasively shadow, dark, and secret. Some new covert technology had clearly emerged that had the very real potential to provide certain individuals with the acquisition of unwarranted influence that would in turn endanger our liberties regarding the processes of government and free society. In other words, it had a clear potential to circumvent the voice of the people and completely empower unelected power mongers. Eisenhower would submit was warning America about something called, if not similar to, the sound of silence, which is what we had talked about earlier, mentioned earlier. So, like Marine Corps General Smedley Butler, 
who decades earlier declared to Congress that the war is a racket, Ike knew that such absolute power and total covert control over the minds and hearts of individuals would corrupt society absolutely. He also knew and understood, as did the German philosopher Goethe, no man is more hopelessly enslaved than he who falsely believes that he is free. Therefore he issued his strong concluding warning to America, Today the author must do no less. The sound of silence is a military intelligence code for the certain psychotronic weapons of mass mind control tested in the early 1950s. It's been around a long time. Perfected it during the 70s and used extensively by the modern U.S. military in the 1990s. <clears throat> Despite the opposition and warnings issued by such men as Eisenhower, this mind-altering covert weapon is based on something called subliminal carrier technology or silent sound spread spectrum, also nicknamed S-Quad or Squad in military jargon. It was developed for military use by Dr. Oliver Lowry of Norcross, Georgia, and is described in U.S. patent number 5,159,703, or the patent number again is 5,159,703. 59703 US patent you can go check it out yourself if you like silent uh, it in, it was under the silent subliminal presentation system that was what the patents under and it was available for commercial use in 1992 the patent abstract reads this is a silent communication system in which non oral carriers and i really don't know what that means but non oral carriers in the very low elf or electromagnetic frequency or very high audio frequency, VHF, range, or the adjacent ultrasonic frequency spectrum are amplitude or frequency modulated with the desired intelligence and propagated acoustically or vibrationally for inducement into the brain, typically through the use of loudspeakers, earphones, or piezoelectric transducers. The modulated carriers may be transmitted directly in real time or may be conveniently recorded and stored on mechanical, magnetic, or optical media for delayed or repeated transmission to the listener. So this is a form of absolute mind control that there's a patent for, and it controls um, it controls the mind through either using what they call ELF, VHF, or ultrasonic frequencies, and these frequencies are amplitude or frequency modulated with a desired intelligence, whatever, evidently they, they put into it what they want, their, their desired intelligence, and propagated, meaning put out acoustically or vibrationally for inducement into the brain of the person, typically through the use of loudspeakers, earphones, or piezoelectric transducers. I'm trying to make it a little more sense, because this is almost like legalese, the way they're describing it. Here, <clears throat> In layman's terms, this device, the sound of silence, simply allows for unwarranted implantation of specific thoughts, emotions, and even prescribed physical actions into unsuspecting human beings. In short, it has the very real ability to turn human beings into mere puppets in the hands of certain controllers or puppet masters. Eisenhower knew full well that such a weapon what such a weapon could do in the hands of a greedy, conspiring men and women scheming to control the planet. Well, those are the ones that essentially are at the top of the food chain anyway. You know, you can look at the 13 families of the Illuminati and all these people in high politics and all these people in secret societies or at the head of their given false religions. You know, these people are usually the most depraved, depraved, depraved people in his society. And um, they're the ones at the very top. And they're the ones that have control over this technology. So, Eisenhower knew full... Okay, we already read that. Uh, it, would, it could easily result in the takeover of an American society without a single bullet being fired. Now, you have to understand, this guy's writing from the standpoint of an unsaved person. He's acting as though we're defenseless against this, and there's no God, this type of thing. Um, of course, I don't know, maybe toward the end he does say something about that. But I would write it in a totally different way, I guess, if it was me. Not to say that I think I'm better, but um, I believe this has a lot to do what it talks about in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, where it talks about the restrainer that's restraining things. 
okay? And then the wicked will be revealed. This is the Antichrist, and he's going to come with all lying signs and wonders. See, if, he, if the Antichrist had his way, if Satan had his way, he would have loved to have done this a long time ago. That was what the movie 1984 was actually based on with George Orwell. They really wanted to have it done by 1984. Well, obviously, they're way off, off schedule. But see, that's the Lord. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one in control. He's the one controlling the restrainer of all of this. He is, the, he is ultimately the source of what is restraining all of this happening. So again, you always have to bear that in mind as you read these types of articles because it's very easy if you just read this on the surface to maybe just get disheartened and say, oh, what hope is there for us? You know. So this goes on to say, this is what he was warning about what he was warning America about. This is the combination he feared above all others. How the leaders of America ignored Ike's warning. Having conspiring, have conspiring and evil men and women utilize this diabolical technology on unsuspecting Americans and others outside of our borders. If so, will they continue to utilize this technology through the medium of television and radio? This expose will attempt to answer these questions and give the reader a clear picture of exactly who made the decisions to use the sound of silence in both war and peace. And on March 23, 1991, a news brief was released in the form of a ITV news bureau in London, Wire Service Bulletin. It was entitled, High-Tech Psychological Warfare Arrives in the Middle East. Okay, now remember, this is from March 23, 1991. This is a wire, a newswire service bulletin out of London, ITV News Bureau. And it was entitled, High Tech Psychological Warfare Arrives in the Middle East. This was during the administration of George Bush Sr. during Operation Desert Storm. And describes in remarkable detail a U.S. psychological operations, covert operations successfully deployed against the Iraqi troops in Kuwait. Saddam Hussein's vaunted Republican Guard crack troops were promising Bush the mother of all battles with many thousands of dead coalition troops. On paper, it looked convincing. Hussein's Republican Guard troops were battle-hardened veterans of a ten-year war with Iran. While coalition troops were unbloodied, the Iraqs had modern weaponry and they were very well trained on how to use it. Something very strange happened, however. The mother of all battles ended before it began, as literally hundreds of thousands of Iraqi troops surrendered in mass without even firing a shot. Here's what the British press reported on the incident while the American press was censored totally. And they said, quote, this is from that article from the British press, an unbelievable and highly classified PSYOPs program, psychological operations is what that stands for, program usually utilizing, quote, silent sound, end of quote, techniques. Now, this is that patent we just referenced, the silent sound, sound spectrum. So, let me start over. An unbelievable and highly classified PSYOPs, psyops program utilizing silent sound techniques was successfully deployed. The opportunity to use this method occurred when Saddam Hussein's military command and control system was destroyed. The Iraqi troops were then forced to use commercial FM radio stations to carry encoded commands, which were broadcast on the 100 megahertz frequency. The U.S. PSYOPs team set up its own portable FM transmitter, utilizing the same frequency in the deserted town of Al-Kafiji. This U.S. transmitter overpowered the local Iraqi station. Along with patriotic and religious music, PSYOPs transmitted vague, confusing, and contradictory military orders and information. Subliminally, a much more powerful technology was at work, however. A sophisticated electronic system designed to speak directly to the mind of the listener to alter and entrain his brain waves to manipulate his brain's encephalographic patterns and thus artificially implant negative emotional states, feelings of intense fear, Anxiety, despair, and hopelessness were created in the Iraqi troops. This incredibly effective subliminal system doesn't just tell a person to feel an emotion, it makes them feel it. It implants the emotion in their minds. This, And then that's the end of the quote from this British 
Newswire news source. Wow, that wasn't in our papers. Hmm. Goes on to say, while utilizing such a non-lethal, covert PSYOPs weapon resulted in many lives being saved, both American coalition and as well as Iraqi, the question that begs to be answered or asked is, how can Americans be assured that such a weapon is not being used on them by Big Brother on a daily basis, in a more subtle fashion, obviously? Moreover, why was the real story behind the massed Iraqi surrender censored so completely from the American people? Typically, secrecy of this nature is employed when the subject is either morally offensive or when the powers that be wish to continue to deploy the subject without public scrutiny, oversight, or both. Clearly, if such a device employed covertly in Americans could result in an unwarranted influence over the society, as Eisenhower warned, I submit the majority of Americans would be completely outraged and incensed, and rightly so. Therefore, of course, the technology would need to remain hidden away. Officially, the sound of silence technology does not exist, just as the U.S. government officially denies the existence of UFOs in Area 51, which is in Groom Lake in the Nevada desert. However, the physical realities cannot be ignored by the rational and logical mind. For instance, during the first Gulf War, <clears throat> the man who most likely ordered the deployment of the sound of silence was Major General Albert Stubble, Stubblebine. Now, this was the guy I just mentioned with Rima Labo. He was the guy that most likely ordered the deployment of the sound of silence. I mean, I would call it a weapon. And he's the same guy now so concerned about the uh, alternative health care codex and them taking our nutrients away, which is a threat, no doubt. I've talked about this for years on my health newsletters. But it's just kind of weird that um, he's the same guy. He was the, he was the commanding general of the U.S. Army's Intelligence School and Center, as well as the Army's Electronic Research and Development Command, as well as the Army's Intelligence and Security Command. In short, Albert Stubblevine was the Army's liaison with the CIA and naval intelligence operatives as as the head of the Army's Electronic Research and Development Command, he would of necessity have had complete working knowledge of the sound of silence weaponry. He was the U.S. Uh, Army's top spy boss and, of course, was privy to all of its secrets. Now retired from active duty following a 32-year career, General Stubblebine has combined with his wife, Rima Labo to form something called the Natural Solutions Foundation, supposedly dedicated to fighting all health freedom threats to individuals, including Codex Elementarius, vaccinations, and of course, the FDA Gestapo. Now, I'm not saying they don't have some good stuff up on this site. I, I'm not saying that. I, I've, I've been up there. I've actually even forwarded things. I'm not going to forward anything else ever from them again. But not to say there's not truth that cannot be gleaned, because there is a lot of they're keenly aware of the bird flu, the avian flu, which is obviously, that's been one of my specialties. Uh, I've got whole presentations up on that on um, YouTube. But again, these seem to be plants within, this, within that particular movement. Uh, and I think as we look at this further, that'll be obvious. On their website, one can read, their website's healthfreedomusa.org, one can read about Albert and Stubblebine. And it says many of, and off the website, many of the innovations he developed helped the U.S. to conduct the first Gulf War as effectively and swiftly with a very, very low casualty rate. Well, that would what, be what they would say about the sound of silence, weaponry. Because everybody surrendered, they didn't have to have the, the bloodshed type of thing. Problem is, is it's mind control. And... <laughs> Deployed on the U.S. population, we're talking, it's a little different scenario, obviously, that we're, we're dealing with here. And then it says, but of course, such innovations are never fully disclosed to Americans and are officially non-existent. With all due respect to General Stubblebine and shadowy power brokers such as Frank Carlucci and Donald Rumsfeld, this author concurs wholeheartedly with General Eisenhower, and I declare that such posturing and secrecy with weapons of mind control constitutes indeed an acquisition of unwarranted power and influence and has absolutely no place in a free and open society. No matter how many soldiers' lives may be saved by it on the battlefield, the potential for massive misuse 
and abuse of such immense controlling power is simply too great. Furthermore, with all due respect to Mr. Stubblebine, he and Rima Lambo, his wife, using the cover of natural health activism to hide their true agenda. Could this hidden agenda be a covert promotion and testing of the sound of silence equipment and technology commercially throughout the world? Immediately after retiring from the Army, General Stubblebine took a position as the Vice President of, for Intelligence Systems with Braddock, Dunn, and McDonald, or BDM, a major defense contractor owned by the shadowy Carlisle Group and ex-Defense Secretary Frank Carlucci of the Iran-Contra infamy. Since the sound of silence machine technology was patented for privatization, commercial applications by Dr. Lowry on October 27, 1992, it clearly opened the door to private defense contractors such as BDM to develop their own intelligence systems. So now some private company can come along and use the same technology. Well, if you use this technology, just think about this. It has to be against the will of whoever you're using it on. Who's going to voluntarily submit to this unless you had a... The only way that could be is if you had a test group of subjects. But how? what right would a private company have to do such a thing? I mean, the government should, shouldn't have any right either, but a private company, you know, you would think, but they're working with the government. That's the point. So it would make sense to them to employ General Stubblebine as a consultant... Of course, what would then stop BDM, which was the company that I just mentioned, from quietly marketing and selling Sound of Silence to large corporations tied to Wall Street? For example, imagine using Sound of Silence in a large Walmart store, mixing the ELF waves with background music to subliminally brainwash dishonest shoppers not to engage in shoplifting. Such a device would save Sam Walton many millions of dollars in revenue lost every year. Suppose also that a young black man from Illinois, Barack Obama, was given access to and was able to utilize the sound of silence technology in his public speeches, radio and 30-minute television infomercials, all programmed and designed by handlers to elicit strong emotional responses from audience members who they are merely hearing without listening. Think about that. Now, it's obviously we've we've done extensive teachings on um, Barack Obama. Obviously, the people that go to hear him speak come away many, many times very, very changed. Some of them have are claiming to be healed. Many people are calling him the Messiah, or the coming one. I don't believe he's the Antichrist. I'm not going to give him that much credit. I think we've, we've proven that with the first teachings we did on the Antichrist, where we, we posed the question, is Barack Obama the Antichrist? But he is a Antichrist. Okay, He's one of the many that the Bible predicted there would be many Antichrists. The Antichrist, and they're going to come with all lines, signs, powers, and wonders, and these types of things. And um, Now, can you imagine having somebody like Barack Obama, you have the occult aspect, the satanic aspect of the literal spell that he's putting over people. And I mean that literally. These people are not rational. They're coming away from these from these uh, things. I mean, you, the reaction when he actually got elected by so many people, you know, they're, they're bawling their eyes out, they're thinking that this is the, you know, their world's just going to be some wonderful utopia from here on out. Everything's going to be just great. Jim Dan, he's no different. He's just a puppet on a string, just like Bush. I think it's going to get more draconian during his, his time here, and I think it's going to get draconian real quick. I hate to say that, but I really believe that I, the, the gloves are becoming more and more coming off with this. Um, now remember, the Lord's permitting this to happen. And and the Lord Jesus Christ is the one that's sending the strong delusion that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned to receive not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. The Lord said He's the one sending it in 2 Thessalonians 2. Just read it. That's also the same portion of Scripture we talked about before, where it talks about the restrainer. And, you know... He, only he who now letteth will let is how it's per, as, as how it's put, okay. But there's some restraining godly force. <coughs> I'm sorry, I, I only get a cold about once every couple years, but 
I'm fighting that off this week, so I'm having to stop the recording to <laughs> cough. But um, the restrainer, right now, I believe, is, is, is working, but it's almost like this hand is slowly being lifted. And as it's lifted, wickedness is allowed to prevail, to, to, to not ultimately prevail, obviously, but for a time. And as the world gets more and more wicked, and, and as you have things taking place in society, like them legalizing you know, gay marriage. Now, I know they repealed it for a time, but how long that's going to last? And in, some pl- and in some cases, they've actually went forward with it in, in some other states. <clears throat> you know, abortion on demand, knowing that Obama's going to be in office, uh, just rabid, rabid pro-abortion. <clears throat> you know, the, gay, the gays just came out with their own Bible, uh, I don't know, two or three weeks ago. They've got the gay Bible now. They've got so many perverted Bibles now, it's not even... See, this is why I've been so big on sticking to the King James. Because the thing is, is once you start going down that slippery slope, and you start saying, well, I think the Word of God means this. Well, there is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. There was this nauseating thing on the uh, Today show, uh, this morning, or that Sunday morning show, which is usually, you know, it's not too bad, but they had this this woman on there who was this this uh, singer, and you know she um <clears throat> she's like real pretty, real like a singer and does this stuff, and she grew up in a Southern Baptist church. But she says, "I just want to let you know them know, you know, even though I was was brought up in a Southern Baptist church." which is totally infiltrated with Freemasons at, at every level, pastors, deacons, the whole nine yards. Talk about leavening the whole lump. You have Babylonian mystery religion Freemasonry infiltrating that church. You know, they're, they're getting into the whole emergent uh, church thing. I just got an article on the Southern Baptists the other day about how they've got charismatic Southern Baptists now. Just like charismatic Catholics, they got them too. They've been around for a long time. That's going to be very common ground for a lot of these different religions coming. The charismatic movement. Charismatic Catholics and charismatic Pentecostals were, were, have been uniting for a long time. Trust me, I used to hold Bible studies in a charismatic church I was at, and there was a charismatic Catholic that came there. That was the common ground we had. Now they got charismatic Southern Baptists. They're getting into the whole emerging church thing, you know, the contemplative movement. And she said, but the thing that I disagree is I believe if two, uh, two, uh, gay people want to get married, they should have every right to do that. And, and, the, and that Christians should be able to have fun and, the, and these types of things. There's a church down the road from, from where we live. It's called the River. And, and it says on the outside of it, it says, where church should be fun. Is that what it says? Where church should be fun or something like that. You know? But see, that's the, that's the lukewarm, nauseating type of of religion that we have going in pseudo-Christianity. And it's only getting worse. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Um, he who trusteth in his own heart is a fool. Proverbs twenty-eight twenty-six. The other was Jeremiah seventeen nine. So these are things that we need to think about in regard to this. But... Going back to this thing with Barack Obama, can you imagine? I mean, <laughs> this guy is um, most likely using, I wouldn't be surprised, using this and maybe other technologies during his speeches. These people are coming away totally transformed, thinking this man is some type of Messiah-like figure. Now, you've got the literal witchcraft that I believe is going on behind the scenes. The spells that are actually being put upon people to, to blind them. And now you've got actual technology being combined with that to enhance it and amplify it. Then you've got all the other things that are being done to us to fry our brains. And we're going to be talking a little bit more about it. And I've got into this in the past. The vaccination issues. The fluoride in the water, which fluoride burns out the lower brain lobes which control your will to, will to resist. Keep, don't, I mean, don't use these toothpastes that are on the market that have fluoride in them. It's sodium fluoride. It's a byproduct of the aluminum industry. It's not good for your teeth. It's a bone-softening agent. 
Now, regular good organic fluoride that's normally in the soil, that is a bone hardy. That is good for you in the right amounts. But sodium fluoride, which is a byproduct of the aluminum industry, primarily through Alcoa, that's a, that's a um, bone softening, burns out the lower brain lobes, which controls your will to resist, all kind of stuff that it, that it causes. The chlorine in the water, cancer-causing, can plaque the arteries, uh, all these different sides, all the chemicals that they're putting in the foods, all the things they're doing to promote candida and yeast in the body, the, the people are so addicted to all the, you know, the carbohydrate foods and the cookies and the candies, and all of that just burns out your pancreas and your adrenals, creates a very low energy level, very, very hard to think clearly, to resist. They're vaccinated to the gills. They're, 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 you know, drinking massive amounts of caffeine, which further burns out the adrenals. They're using all these products on their body that have all these chemicals that absorb in, probably any perspirants being the, the quintessential essence, all of these cancer-causing compounds and all of the, the shampoos and the, and the soaps and, and the antiperspirants and aluminum. That's another thing. Causes Alzheimer's. Causes all kind of brain dysfunction. They're trying to kill us and dumb us down in so many ways, it's literally impossible for me to go over it in one lecture. The chemtrails, they're, they're spraying in the sky on the grid patterns. I put out emails on all this before. Um, if you want to get on my email list, just email me and tell me what list you want to subscribe to, Christian and or health. I would highly advise you get on both because this is all related together. Me being a watchman just isn't about quoting Bible all day. It's also about what they're physically doing to us to destroy our temples. The Holy Spirit lives inside us as born-again Christians, and they're trying to physically destroy our temples. We are body, soul, and spirit. If the devil can destroy our bodies, our soul and spirit can't do a whole lot. I mean, not without a willing body or a body that can, you know, ambulate and move and think right. This is one other thing that they're doing, the sound of silence and this harp technology and these, these Gwen Towers, the electromagnetic pollution that they're putting upon us. And this is why I'm very big on doing things like praying Psalm 91, you know, and, and Psalm 64, where, where you're asking God to hide you from the secret counsel of the wicked and from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And we're going to be going over those those um, things later. But this is why it's very, very important in this day and age because um, the deception that's here is unlike anything we've probably ever had. When you combine technology, you combine the mass agenda. I mean, hey, we're right on the cusp of the Antichrist coming. And in order for that to happen, the world's got to be pretty well deceived. So... It should be really no wonder but when Jesus warned over and over, be not deceived, be not deceived regarding the end times. There's so much deception at every turn. And really that's the sole, uh, not the sole cause, but it's one of the main thrusts of this ministry the Lord's given me, is to be a watchman and to warn people. So that's just something to think about with Barack Obama using this types of technology. Then he, then he goes on to say, Moreover, what if the televisions across the U.S. and Canada all went 100% digital to be mandatory February 2009 in their signals in order to, to successfully link to these Gwen Towers? Now, we're going to be talking more about these later. And would be allowed unrestricted use of the sound of silence frequencies in a complete and massive control of the nation's mind and consciousness. So when they go digital... And they link up with these Gwen Towers that we're going to talk more about. That's going to be like unrestricted access or use of this sound of silence technology to, to enact complete and massive control of the nation's mind and consciousness. I am telling you that is exactly what is happening. That's what this man says. The military-industrial complex has quietly completed the takeover of the nation's consciousness and thus its very soul. Now again, this is apart from the Lord Jesus Christ, so I don't agree with, with everything that he's saying here. Just bear in mind, I'm, I'm just repeating what he's saying. They go, um, now here, here's another thing to think about in regard to this. Like in my hometown, the other day, we had a gun show at, or it was the Civic Center where we had the biggest building around here, and it was like record, record turnout. Oh, huge. Why were they there? 
because they know, and it was it was right on the news, and I'm surprised they even reported it, but it was right on the news, Obama's going to take away our guns, we know it, so we're going to go buy as much guns and ammo as we can now, even though gun prices have come up 25% in the last month. 50% on ammo. Supply and demand. And the, if those guys can get away charging it, they're going to charge you it. Don't, don't, you know, they're making tons of money. I'm not against gun dealers or anything like that. I'm just saying, if they can now, I'm, I'm not saying they're not paying more money to get what they're getting. Okay, but supply and demand uh, dictates price. If there's a huge supply, price is going to go up. Well, that's what's happening. And it's purely been due to Obama winning the president. Now, if McCain was in there, this would not be happening. If Bush were to, you know, whatever, it's not going to happen. Not to say they have our best interests at heart. But Obama's been rapidly, rapidly, rapidly in past voting records being anti... Now, he's saying, oh, no, I'm going to respect Second Amendment rights and all this and that. Well, he can talk all he wants. He's a liar, just like all these guys. At the top. I mean, how do you know when one of these top-level politicians is lying? It's really easy. Their lips are moving. Oh, sorry. A little humor there. Um, anyway, I always like that joke. I don't know. But um, pretty much that's the case. And uh, they had they were interviewing all these people going into the our, our civic center for this gun show the other day. And, uh, I mean, you know, massive record turnout, and yet the economy's totally imploding, and they've got, and we're talking, these are not small ticket items they're buying here, I mean, it's particularly the guns are going up in price, and they don't even have enough rifles and, and handguns or whatever to, they're selling out of these things, the local gun shops are, well, people know what's coming, inherently some of the people do, and yet, when we look at this whole thing, we know one of the main things that they've got to do is disarm this country. They've got to do that, right? It doesn't seem to be like Barack Obama or any of them are real concerned about people going out and buying all these guns. Why would they not be concerned? Because if they have a technology like this, like that I'm describing here, with the sound of silence, knowing what they did over in Iraq to those guys, that they came out and surrendered, these battle-hardened troops, they came out of their underground bunkers and surrendered and basically kissed the boots of their captors... And they said they're going to give you the mother of all battles, and they turn around, you know, come out like little kids. If they know that they have technology like that available to them, they're going to be able to implement that on the U.S. public. And people, it doesn't matter how many guns they bought, because when they when they throw the switch, hey, a certain portion of them are going to come willingly and say, "Here, Mister Government, we're so sorry we bought these terrible guns and bullets. Please take care of us now." <clears throat> I believe that a born-again Christian is going to have protection against this. But have you asked for the protection? Have you went to the Lord and asked for... I mean, I'm serious. I think this is very important. I did a whole sermon or teaching on Psalm 64, something that you'll hardly ever, ever... I've only heard one other preacher uh, preach on imprecatory prayers. And there's a, there's a biblical... I mean, to, to say there's no biblical merit to imprecatory prayers is to say that a large portion of Scripture has no merit whatsoever. I, I don't believe that. I think there's always things that we can glean from Scripture. It also has a lot to do with the mindset and your heart of why you're, how, how you're praying. You're not doing it. You're not praying in precatory prayers so you want to get revenge and see everybody die. And No, that's not the reason at all. You do it that all men will see and fear and declare the work of God. That they will wisely consider of His doing. That's why you do it, and that's what Psalm 64 says. Psalm 91 would be a very similar event. When God's judgment falls on wickedness, God's judgment on wickedness is a Christian's door of hope. That's what the, the, the title of that teaching that I did. It's our door of hope when God judges wicked. What happens when God doesn't judge wickedness, when he just lets it go? Do you think the wicked are ever going to repent in and of themselves? All of a sudden they're going to wake up one day and say, Well, bless God, I... I want to be a good person. I'm just so sick of being wicked. No, that never ever happens. Because as they do more wickedness, they get more demon-possessed. As they get more demon-possessed, they get more taken over, and it's almost like they're on autopilot. Like the men of Sodom and Gomorrah. I mean, they're wanting to have sexual unions with the, with the angels, and who knows what manner of depravity was going on there. Those people were without hope. You, you get to a point with the Lord Jesus Christ and you cross a certain line, and there's no turning back. You're going to hell, and that is it. 
I'm not saying that they weren't given opportunities, but the Bible does say the wicked go astray from the womb. They speak lies as soon as they be born. And the Bible even talks about it in the Hebrews, that their vessels fitted for God's destruction, for God's wrath. I don't really understand that. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to go, I went down that, we've done a lot of teachings where we've mentioned that in depth, but the Bible is very, very clear that that is the case. And um, that's a whole other subject that we have covered in times past. But these are just some very interesting things to be thinking about regarding this uh, regarding this subject. So, I'll go back to this article. And it says, Keep in mind that taking complete fascist control of America is just one step of the Zionist elites. Now, when they say that, I always preface it by saying the syn- synagogue of Satan. Because you'll say that and you'll have people email and you say, Oh, you're anti-Semitic. No, I'm not. I'm not anti-Semitic at all. But the Bible does say that blindness in part has happened to the Jew until the fullness of the Gentile come in. Unfortunately, they're blind in part. Okay, Not everybody, but most of them are. Until the fullness of the Gentile come in. There's going to come a day when they get their eyes open and they're going to look upon whom they've pierced and they're going to understand collectively as a nation what they've done. But that's most likely not going to occur until near the end of the tribulation. We've already done whole teachings on this in Zechariah, explaining this in depth. Okay, so that was in the previous teachings on the Antichrist as well. So I just wanted to say that it's not anti-Semitic. I'm not blaming everything on some worldwide Zionistic conspiracy that they're the only source of everything. I had somebody email, email me that the other day. I said, listen, where does this all start? Does it start with the Zionistic Jews? Is that, are they like the pinnacle? No, I think it's somebody named Satan. Satan is where this all starts. And then he's got fallen angels and then demons and, and you know, his army. Those, in turn, influence or and or inhabit wicked people on the planet that are involved in different sorts of wickedness. Yes, the synagogue of Satan, Zionistic Jews, are near the top of the Illuminati food chain. I'm not saying they're not. But you also have, then, the Catholic angle. Then you have this whole UFO deception thing. You have the wicked people in government You've got the wicked people in secret societies, in Freemasonry. To blame it on one thing and to get your eyes focused on just the Zionists is to totally ignore so much else. So I don't, I don't ever put all my eggs in one basket in dealing with that subject. I believe it is a global, worldwide, galactic conspiracy with Satan being at the head. Okay? That's where it starts. So, just wanted to preface that. So, this says... Um, Keep in mind that taking complete fascist control of America is just one step of the Zionist elite's ultimate agenda of which Stubblebine and Labo have very likely pledged their true loyalty. Now remember, where it says complete fascist control, that's very timely. Because now where we've got the government giving all this money to, I guess now the automakers, they've got their deal in, in this $150 million bailout. Most of it's all going to the banks. So essentially, you know, the government is totally establishing their domination and control over the most important part of our society, which would be the banks. I say that tongue-in-cheek. But what is fascism? When the government essentially owns all of the commerce and, and, and ultimately ends up owning all the, you know, most of the businesses that operate within a country. Okay, this is what fascism, the essence of it is. Government control of all these... Um, all these businesses and these types of things. So, that's very much part of this. The elitist Zionist overall objective is indeed absolute world control, something they refer to as the New World Order, with them as dictators and overlords. Again, the absolute secrecy surrounding the development and deployment of electromagnetic mind-altering technology of the Sound of Silence, in a very real way, reflects the tremendous power that is inherent to it. To put it bluntly, whoever controls this technology literally has the power to control the minds of, I would preface this saying, unsaved men. And then they say all men and women everywhere. And again, I disagree because the Lord is perfectly capable of protecting his own. And I don't care what technology it is. It's not greater than my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's not. But see, you have to have the faith to believe what I just said. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for 
and the evidence of things not seen. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Make sure you're reading in the right Bible, because if you don't have that, it's very hard to build faith. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Make sure you got a King James Bible, and I recommend you playing it in some part of your house 24-7. Just get a good, and it's hard to find any more decent CD players that'll play 24-7. I, I bought so many, I, I tried to like, like condense them, and I had this older one, I gave, I gave it to you, played great, and for years, years and years, but it was huge. And I'm trying to downsize everything in my life. I'm trying to get to where I'm living as simply as I possibly can. I mean, I just do not want to be encumbered when this stuff goes down. I've had that conviction for a long time. I don't want what this world... I, I just so don't want it. To me, it's like ball and chain. more material things you acquire, the more ball and chains you have weighing you down. So, um, and now again, you have to preface that also with the whole, okay, are you planning for the future? Are you storing food? These types of things. I don't mean that stuff. I'm talking about all the toys and having everything perfect and brand new and financing and, you know, like Xmas now, we've got all the people going out, blowing all their money on these, on these Christmas things and it's just, it's just unbelievable. So, um, going back to this, it says, again, the absolute secrecy surrounding the development and deployment of the ag- electromagnetic mind-altering technology of Sound of Silence in a very real way reflects the tremendous power inherent to it. Uh, then he goes on to say, of course, whoever controls the minds of all humans controls the wealth and the destiny of the planet. Furthermore, Stubblebine, as commander of army intelligence, would likely follow the prescribed manual of all covert operations, such as found in declassified U.S. manuals, for the plan, subversion, and the coup of the government of Nicaragua. In other words, this is actually detailed um, in some of these manuals. This manual instructs the CIA guerrilla forces to engage in different false front organizations designed to win respect, trust, and influence the enemy. I mean, everything I've ever read or seen about the CIA or these people that are involved in it have to just be professional liars. Period. That is one gigantic aspect of their job, if they're part of the CIA. So they, the CIA, they engage in different false front organizations designed to win respect, trust, and influence of the enemy. Well, this is what they're saying about Stubblebine and Rima Lambo. Because they just have this front organization, you know in order to win respect, trust, and influence. Now, John Hamill, of International Health Foundation, I believe, Federation, he's been screaming about them for years, that they're CIA operatives, and that they're totally plants. And he's painted a really, really good case as well. Uh, You know, so, the problem with John is he's so foul-mouthed. And you can't tell him, you know, if if you try to correct him on anything, he just cusses you out. Which I, I can't stand that, you know. And then he looks like he's demon possessed too. I'm sorry, but the guy does. He acts like it. He's a wild man. He's got a lot of truth in what he's trying to do. But as far as the other goes, I don't even try to email him anymore because he's like a, he's like a powder keg trying to deal with them. So he's supposedly on one end trying to expose them, but acting like a raving lunatic while he's doing it. That doesn't, so it really takes away from any credibility he's got, and it almost makes like them look like they're the ones, Rima Lambo and this uh, General Stubblebine, almost makes them look like they're the ones that are actually in the right. Maybe John's the one that's actually the bad guy. So he doesn't do the movement any favors, as far as I'm concerned, by the way he acts. Anyway, that's just my take on it. I've been dealing with John for a long time, so I think I can render that. <clears throat> He's been on my, he was on my email list for a long time, but I just finally got to a point where, you know, it's just ridiculous to try to deal with the guy. Then he said, um, once complete trust and confidence is achieved by means of the activities of the false front, then the destruction of the enemy by means of misdirection and disinformation tactics can more easily be executed. This is the thing that John Hamill does say. Basically, he's saying they're jumping up and down about Codex, and we've got to write letters to the FDA and these things in order to make sure this Codex Alimentarius, which will take away all of our vitamins, 
essentially, in America. We got we got to write letters to the FDA. That's what Rima Lambo and Stubblevine are telling us. Whereas John's saying that's not going to accomplish anything. We have to have a grassroots effort, and I tend to agree with them in what he's saying. But you know they're just back and forth at one another. And then he says, I would submit that there is no better false front to infiltrate in America than a natural health proponents. For they are typically healthier, better informed, and more dedicated to preserving individual freedoms and fighting tyranny than any other Americans. Because they feel better, and when you feel better and you think better, you're going to be better at, you know, healthier, better informed. You're going to be more aware of personal freedoms being taken away from you. It's just common sense, you know. Thus, there could be no better false front to establish, and there is clearly no more potential vicious wolf hiding in sheep's clothing than the man who knows more about the sound of silence, secret deployment than any other human being on earth, which is General Stubblevine. There is ample evidence that certain elitists plan to definitely extend the capacity of this technology to encompass all people on every continent. Of course. Remember, the devil's going to come, Satan's going to come, the Antichrist, with all lying signs and wonders, and part of that is this. Mass mind control. Remember, it says they're all going to wonder at the beast. They're going to wonder. Part of this wondering, I believe, is this mind control that we're talking about here. A key to this is the HARP project, where ELF and VHF frequencies can be indeed beamed off the Earth's ionosphere to various Gwen Towers worldwide. We're going to get into this in depth, okay, just so you know. Because I've never done a teaching on Harp or Gwen, and I figured this was the perfect time to incorporate that into this talk. Of course, the U.S. government officially denies all of this, telling the talking heads of the controlled news media that the Gwen Towers are merely private cell phone towers with no ulterior agenda. And therefore, anybody who thinks otherwise is a lunatic fringe conspiracy nut. That's what, that, what they always tried to do. I've heard, I heard this thing the other day where they were saying the, the, uh, they were going to try to classify uh, anybody that had like a 9-11 truth site or any type of what they would term as conspiracy theory site as mentally uh, whatever, deficient, challenged, uh, unstable, Therefore, they could come and take all these people that have these sites, I would probably be one of them, I would imagine, and, uh, you know, maybe commit them to wherever, uh, all under the guise of... And now, granted, they've got a long way to go before they get to that point, but, you know, that is, that is interesting. And as the brain control and the, and the, mind wa- and the brainwashing becomes more pervasive, you're going to see more and more of a separation of the sheeple people from the truth seekers, now some of those truth seekers aren't necessarily born again Christians. Some of them are just in the patriot movement. Some of them are are new agers uh, that are that are you know wanting to move one way and in, in, or they're at least seeing what's going on to a certain extent. So not everybody in that movement is saved, but as this rift continues to increase with the general public, I believe it's going to become more and more violent. Because, you know, obviously as this rift increases, there's going to be more division between the two groups. Um, The government, through their controlled media, will call for, you know, more extreme measures against these groups. And the Sheeple people will want to go along with it because they're brainwashed. Unfortunately, that's the scenario I kind of see coming again. The Lord Jesus Christ is perfectly capable of taking care of his own. But don't think that, like a lot of these patriots think, that they're going to go up against the beast system and whatever, and they're going to bow up to the beast or the Antichrist or the one world government and win. It's not going to be about you. Now, again, this doesn't mean that I don't think you should prepare physically, okay? Or whatever the Lord's convicted you to do. And I mean that the Lord's convicted you to do it, not me, uh, through much prayer, these types of things. But the only... Um, the only avenue where we're going to defeat this or overcome this situation is through the Lord Jesus Christ. That is it, in His Word. And I've done a whole uh, series on overcoming. If you just put in overcoming on uh, the keyword search box on my homepage, you can go to that. So now, the evidence to the contrary, this is going back to this article, 
Uh, the evidence to the contrary, this is in, in contrary to uh, a lot of what we've been talking about, is clear and unequivocal. Dr. Michael Persinger is a professor of psychology and neuroscience at La, La Richen University in Ontario, Canada. Concerning the subject, he writes, quote, Temporal lobe stimulation can evoke the feeling of a presence, disorientation, and perceptual irregularities. It can activate images stored in the subject's memory, including nightmares and monsters that are normally suppressed. Contemporary neuroscience suggests that the existence of fundamental algorithms by which all sensory transduction is translated into an intrinsic brain-specific code. Direct stimulation of these codes within the human temporal or limbic cortices this is nice and, and easily written for all of you out there. Sorry, little little humor there. Um, the direct stimulation of these codes within the human temporal or limbic cortices, limbic cortices is a portion of the brain, temporal is also, by applied electromagnetic patterns may require high energy levels which are within the range of both geomagnetic activity and contemporary communication networks. Okay. Basically, what the guy is saying is that we can influence thought patterns, and it's proven that we can prove us, influence thought patterns <coughs> in a very big way through contemporary communication networks, radio, TV, these types of things. I mean, if it has a frequency that goes along with it, that type of thing. Uh, this doctor continues by saying, within the last two decades, a potential has emerged which was probable, but which is now feasible. Well, I'm sorry, which was improbable, but is now feasible. This potential is the technical capability to influence directly the major portion of the approximately 6.5 billion brains of, human, of the human species. This guy sounds like a Darwinist. Without... Without mediation through classical sensory modalities, by generating neural information within a physical medium. This guy talks like a lawyer, except, you know, in medical terms. Okay, so by generating neural information within a physical medium within which all members of the species are immersed. The historical emergence of such possibilities, which have ranged from gunpowder to atomic, atomic fission, have resulted in major changes in the social evolution that occurred inordinately quickly after implementation. Reduction of the risk of the inappropriate applications of these techniques, technologies require the continued and open discussion of the realistic feasibility and implications within the scientific and public domain. So how can one have an open discussion on a subject when the government circles continually deny the existence of any such technology. That was that was how he ended it there. So that was the the first two articles there. And we've actually pretty much went through the whole part one here. So I'm going to go ahead and stop it here, and we'll go to part two next.